0: My name is Adam Finlay, I'm studio director of Novak. We're a design and animation studio based out of Newcastle and we are projecting onto the BAFTA building a piece called 195 Piccadilly. It seems like they're all movie directors, like I think they've seen Orson Welles in there. Richard Attenborough.
1: Michael Caine makes a glorious appearance like a tiger in the jungle just that it's a splash of colours with people's portraits of their faces
2: lit up on, on the BAFTA building. I just saw the two Ronnies.
1: I think I saw um, David Jason. I, don't know, I wanted to say John. Hurt. The one before
2: was Professor Xavier but I can't think of his name. It's,
1: uh, Patrick Stewart. There you
2: go.
1: From what I understand it's a light festival. Luminaire, about different lights, is it? use of lights. It's an exhibition of, of uh, various artists' work through light.
0: So we're essentially a, a design and animation studio, we're based in Newcastle-upon-Tyne and we do lots of different types of design and animation um, but one of the things that we specialise in is like large formats video so that includes things like projection mapping onto the facades of buildings and objects and structures. I think we have a love of the thrilling visualness of something on such a large scale and something presenting video in an out-of-the-ordinary location or circumstance, not just presenting it on a a traditional screen is exciting.
1: I'm Rebecca Polding and I'm the Director of Archive Heritage and Exhibitions here at BAFTA. BAFTA did its first exhibition in 1948, A Little Known Fact, and showing people things from the film world to open up that sometimes quite secret environment and give people a chance to engage with that content, to learn about it and really enjoy its many beauties is very much part of our general mission to inspire people and to promote excellence in the arts and find ways of benefiting the public. We were really honoured when Lumiere came to us and said that they'd like 195 Piccadilly to be part of the festival. It's very special to us and we consider it an iconic building and central part of London and it was very nice to have that reflected back to us and they said it was important to the festival. We opened our archives to them. For us this is a great opportunity to talk about who BAFTA really is and to show our true colours. People see the awards, ceremonies which are wonderful but they're the tip of the iceberg and we actually work year round with people in all sorts of different ways with our learning events and all sorts of training and mentoring opportunities so we wanted all of that reflected and a chance as always to open BAFTA up to more people to get involved with us and to see what we're doing
0: Getting access to the the archive was really fantastic for us because we were very keen to You know, film was going to be a big part of what we wanted to create, we wanted to reference film, specifically British film and television as well and uh, Without that access, it would be really, really challenging, I think, to kind of be quite specific in what our references were going to be about. And uh, uh, so it's been indispensable, I think, is how I best describe it. There was an element of wanting to kind of reference a portraiture within it, and some of the best stuff within the archive is is some really amazing portraiture photography in that. So we've selected this broader range of uh, images of directors and actors, uh, well, we've got everyone from like Shane Meadows and Mike Lee, uh, like Ridley Scott, Pierre Capaldi features in it. Um, uh, we've got uh, Brenda Blethyn, um, uh, Steve McQueen. You know, we've we've tried to pick out, and there's a a, a good mixture. And I think hopefully, what we really strive to do is to give a broad range of of what British film and television is about, and sort of celebrating some of the great people involved in the industry and what you know BAFTA kind of supports. The building's original purpose was the um, Royal Institute for Artists in Watercolour Painting. I've <laughs> got that right.
3: My name's Pauline Campbell. I'm the head of facilities for BAFTA. The Royal Institute of Painters in Watercolours were a breakaway group from the Royal Academy because the Royal Academy would always recognise oils above watercolours so they were a faction group who broke away from them and got their own building directly opposite the Royal Academy
0: That was the sort of, just absolutely informed us to and the overall aesthetic of our piece, and created using sort of paint style effects and uh, lots of different types of brush stroke and it's been a lot of fun making it because we, we were able to do some real practical effects in our studio, literally throwing paint around and things, whereas we're A lot of the time what we do is created solely on a computer.
3: Above the top, if you look at the building from the other side of the road, there are nine busts of various different famous painters all who were watercolourists and they were done by a chap called Edward Onslow Ford who was quite a famous sculptor of the day and one of them is actually Turner the one at the far left I believe is of Turner the rest of them are very famous watercolors.
0: And We looked at lots of their work and it's wonderful it is but we knew we needed to be a bit more bolder than we did before than maybe what their work is in the type of medium that we're working in, like this projection mapping type stuff, you need to be big and bold for it to work well and uh, so what we did was we created a very rudimentary model a physical model of the building and uh, literally poured paint over it many times and filmed this and uh, there's a bit uh, during the sort of horror noir section which features the likes of Christopher Lee and you see paint pouring over it and sort of being affected by the different uh, elements of the buildings. I
1: have to say I really love the way the music starts. Just that that feeling that something's beginning and you start to understand a little bit about how it's working. You can tell that there's something really powerful going on here. It's not just accidental, it's not just a bit of lift music and being drawn into that is really fun.
2: I'm Ed Carter and I'm working with Adam and Novak on uh, 195 Piccadilly and I've been the composer and producer of the music. The opening passage of uh, of the piece it uh, starts with um a single viola line um, and, and, and the opening section is in a rhythm of ten which is based on the ten bays of the architecture so I was considering it to be something where a playhead was moving across the building and seeing the different rhythms that were inherent within the architecture so over the different floors there are rhythms where there's a, there are ten bays but then there are, there are windows that break down those bays into three so that breaks it down into triplets so there's a cello line that follows the bays on the first floor and there's a viola line that follows the pattern on the second floor and things like like that and that's what built up the rhythm so I wanted to do something that was really specific to the building really site specific and something where it felt within the aesthetic of a film score. but I felt that it was something that was very pertinent and very relevant to this building I've worked with Novak on a few projects especially these outdoor projection works that they do I think that there are so many similarities between the way that architecture and music's development. there's quite a lot of people who've written really interesting stuff over the years about the similar approaches that people have taken to them and I'm really interested in Janis St. approach over uh, he was an architect and composer who developed uh, work over well, he, he died only a few years ago and was working in a really interesting way sort of bridging the divide between the two and making mathematical connections between how the two were developed. For me I, I think I've always looked at structures in quite a mathematical way or in a compositional way and thought about the rhythms and the the patterns that are inherent within the architecture. One of the starting points was to look at the, the different award winners for the composers uh, over a period of time and see how the, the style of music had evolved and changed for different genres. And then to compare them with the styles that Novak were trying to represent through the visual and trying to piece them together. And without trying to take any specific composers as a starting point, trying to take uh, my own viewpoint about how best to articulate a certain mood uh, and apply that to the genre that was uh, being presented on screen. I've tried to give it quite a range of dynamics through the piece and to try and do that I, I work with a, a string trio, a violin, viola and cello of um, Ed Cross, uh, Chrissy Slater and Ellie Leckie who are some amazing musicians who I work with up in the Northeast, There are lots of layers of their work and the idea was to create some pieces which were quite, felt quite small and intimate and personal and other pieces that are really layered and trying to get quite a grand and broad sound and the idea being that if you sort of um, approach different composition styles and listen to the film soundtracks that we all know and love, there are these different moments where some, sometimes they feel like they're in a very small room, sometimes very personal, very close and other times you feel like it's this kind of wash of sound coming over you and uh, just trying to give it that dynamic and that range of sounds over the course of the piece. There are some composers whose approach I really admire, and, and I'm really interested in their kind of their theoretical approach. But there are others where it's just the the aesthetic and the outcome is something that's really exciting. And like for Ennio Mor- Morricone, as a, as a as a film soundtrack maker, is someone who's kind of like I think is hugely influential to so many people, but kind of has done so many different sounding soundtracks as well, and something that and, and has got that technique of creating something that can be super personal, but also can have that. That immenseness that washes over you.
0: Artchok, who are the organisation behind uh, Lumiere London, have done a number of other. Uh, Lumiere festivals elsewhere in a number of years they've been doing it in Durham which is close to where we're based as well as uh, one in Derry Northern Ireland or Derry London Derry should I say they commissioned us to do a piece in Derry London Derry in the end of 2013 uh, which we did out there so we've, we've this is a sort of continuation of our relationship with uh, them um, so we've, this will be our third commission through our actual-
2: yeah the lumiere program this year looks really exciting and i think it's it's exciting because it's spread across such a, a number of different parts of the city and there's a there's a really broad range of different light works and people have approached i guess the format of light in really different ways so i think there'll be a lot of different uh, styles of work for people to enjoy
1: Obviously I know the BAFTA archive to a certain extent and I have my own understanding of the heritage and all the people who've made BAFTA what it is but seeing someone else come in and do their take starts to tell new stories for you. So when you see different people up against each other you start to realise different things. So you see an actor and actress who may not have been in the same films who may not have been in the same room but Lumiere have brought them together on the walls because they're talking about classic British cinema in a particular way or a genre. So the unexpected discovery of it all has been really fantastic
0: I I think I would just like them to be to go away kind of excited and enthralled about cinema and British film and television I think one of the things that I've sort of enjoyed part of making it and um, the process as well as just trying to achieving the aesthetic that we've gone from which I'm really proud of and I think think works really well it's a kind of celebration of of cinema and, and, and film and, and television, and, and I think that that excites me because it's a medium that I, I have great love for and I'm very passionate about. And hopefully, people who see that will that will sort of spark in them as well, and they'll be excited. And hopefully, you know, go away and I don't know, watch a lot of great mighty Lee films or the
2: likes. I suppose one of the things I'd quite like is that if people maybe the project meant that people looked at their built environment in a slightly different way and and thought about the kind of those natural rhythms and how how kind of architects instill a sense of rhythm within their work as well and i think it makes you uh, look at your surroundings in a slightly different way
0: one of the overall things of the festival is to is to make people look at their environment in a different light like um, pun intended i suppose because they're suddenly presented with something on a building that they may see every day or very frequently and the, the, i think it brings about some level of nostalgia or makes them get excited but I, I just recall a really when some of our earliest projection mapping work back up in the northeast you know we were projecting onto this building called spanish city which is on the coast just uh, east of newcastle and uh, there was people that were just like like, it was almost as if they were kind of reminded that the building existed you know they were so used to seeing it just thing and then suddenly they got that so hopefully people will get that from this one as well